Hey everybody, it's Tony Real here on Hangry and Horny and I was just professing my love and dog speak to the person who would know who I'm talking about when she listens to this. Everybody welcome, I am so excited to share my next guest. Before I do that, I want to give a shout out to my sponsors, dropanfbomb.com. They make delicious nut butters. Also, a new keto snack that is basically cheese chips. Chips made out of cheese. So if you want to get yummy, crunchy, salty deliciousness into a snack form and don't want to get bogged down by carbohydrates, check out their Keto Crunch at dropanfbomb.com. Like I said earlier, they have nut butters that are macadamia-based. They have a, a sea salt version, coconut version, a pecan version, and one of my favorites, the salted chocolate. Check it out! Woo! If you're interested in getting that, go to dropanfbomb.com. Use the promo code FLOWREAL, F-L-O-W-R-E-A-L. And that gets you 20% off of your first order. They have other merchandise like coffee mugs, cool t-shirts, and uh, they're just amazing people. Big shout out to Ross and Kara Taylor. I just love them because they refuse to compromise on their product even when it's now nationwide at places like Vitamin Shop and GNC, Whole Foods. Walmart, you name it, you name the place, they got it. And, uh, you know, one of the cool things is that they don't use any of that fake sugar, even the so-called healthy ones. It's just pure and simple ingredients, whole food based, and uh, no compromise. So if that just made you super hungry, then go to dropanfbomb.com and order yourself some yumminess. Don't forget to use the promo code FLOWREAL, F-L-O-W-R-E-A-L. My next guest is the first, second timer, if that made any sense. It's the uh, first guest that I've had on Hangry and Horny that's returning. I'll be having some of my past guests returning as well, but Chuck is the first one, so give him credit for that. Uh, Chuck McGee, the third Charles Chuck McGee the third. He is a Wim Hof instructor level three, one of the few in the world at that level. He just came back from an awesome trip, a one month excursion in the winter of Poland with the Iceman Wim Hof, who had set the Guinness Book of World Records with the longest time submersed in ice at nearly two hours and Wim has basically shown people that they too can have the inner fire that he had developed so that you can have basically thermogenesis in your body under extreme cold conditions and Wim claims that this is the part of the brain that we've lost due to modernization and Chuck is one of the top instructors in the world at 
helping people discover this evolutionary process that Wim teaches. Chuck is one of the first American to lead the uh, group through to the top of Mount Sneska. They literally walk up in extreme cold temperatures and nothing but shorts, sh- shoes, and maybe a beanie or a toque. People call that little fuzzy hat that you wear. And, uh, you know, gloves. And, of course, you know, they're wild, but they're not stupid. So if at any point it becomes too reckless or, excuse me, risky, then they have warm clothes in their backpack as backup. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Chuck McGee and let him share his story of the Mount Sneska experience with Wim Hof and all the other fun topics that we just dive into and get skewed and wacky and wild. So thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy this episode with Chuck McGee the Third. Peace. Charles McGee the Third, welcome back to you, Hangry and Horny Brother. Thank you, Tony. Good to be here, sir. We're at a hotel room, you know, separate beds, of course. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't sleepwalk, and I don't think you do. So. Nah, I don't think I do either. But yeah, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, man. Santa Cruz, California. Just came back from uh, Ireland. Was over there for a couple of weeks. What you been up to the last few weeks since we last saw each other at your place in Sacramento, California? Oh, let's see. I've been working in Santa Cruz, helping people uh, breathe more effectively and uh, using the ice, you know, for what it does. It brings you in the moment. So been trying to help and don't bring the Wim Hof method day as many people that want to try it so yeah you actually were in Poland like right before that so I saw mm-hmm. you when you came back from Poland you're there for one full month yeah four you, weeks yeah so you literally were uh, well congratulations you came became level three instructor yeah. right yep and you're also like the first American to sort of lead the retreat up there last year i was one of the f- i was the first american to be allowed to be the lead instructor on uh, a poland winter travel with wim um other instructors had led it in poland but not the wim hof one it was it yeah, was a really right. crazy opportunity yeah because you were on our previous episode you were basically basically talking about that mm-hmm. but what was different about this trip though uh, it was the first time like you, you led like four different retreats or back to back to back it was amazing it was so much fun um the first two weeks were with whim and the second two weeks were without so we had groups of 80 people broken up um with an instructor and assistant into smaller groups Uh, each instructor and assistant was in charge of 
their group and it was amazing. We led them through uh, breathing exercises, ice baths, and then we climb a mountain wearing very little clothes. The instructors wear clothes because we want to be, you know, there for the participants. But most people just elected to go in shorts, a hat, and sometimes gloves. We always have warm clothes in our backpack because we're crazy, not stupid. And yeah. if at any time the weather changes, we all just get dressed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's amazing to see people who, at the beginning of the trip, don't expect... Like, some people are a little nervous about climbing the mountain, and then everybody made it in the weeks I went. That's great, because uh, it's also weather-dependent, right? So it's yeah. one reason why you're, huge reason why you have extra set of clothes as backup. Um, well, what's it like for, you know, I mean, we did cover this from, like, the first episode, but, like, mm -hmm. you know, literally people be, like, shouting at you because you're making the decision to turn around and head back where these people are actually paying for that experience, almost like we were saying in the first episode that we were, uh, when you first came on, was that, you know, people would literally, like, be upset for example if they wanted to summit like mount everest and then they had you know to we're around. told by the guide like no it's not gonna happen this time you know yep uh thankfully we didn't have to do that this time uh we hiked a different trail that wasn't mount schneska um it just wasn't safe so we weren't going to do something that wasn't i mean <laughs> we're, we're hiking in the snow um in minimal clothing but we have our limits. It was just at some points, the wind was blowing at like 65 to 70 kilometers an hour on Schneska with uh, a wind chill factor of like negative 25 and negative uh, 25 Celsius. And it's just not, it's not safe. It's not prudent. We have a backup trail. We hiked and we hiked that. And some people were a little upset that we weren't doing the Schneska hike. Okay. And it was it was like, I'm sorry, but I'd like everyone to come back living. So. Yeah. 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 That, <laughs> you know, one experience, like you said, you know, with a, a hooker, remember, <laughs> it was just like one experience with a hooker, uh, for example, wouldn't... Uh, I'm just blowing this whole thing. <laughs> I blew the punchline there. A little, um, but like we were saying, like the difference between like having a like fulfilling relationship, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. how did you say it on our walk? It was like really, really good because it like oh, basically like... okay, now you're jogging my memory. Um, you know, it, you, you can cheat on your significant other if you want, but what's one night of pleasure with some cheap date over the lifetime of happiness you'll have with that partner? Right. And, and going up the mountain in an unsafe way is, is cheapening that. If you want a nice long-term relationship, you've got to respect Mother Nature because she has no mercy. Mm -hmm. And if you go out there just because you want to do something, if, you're not, if you don't prepare and you're not careful, you can you can fail and it's the mindset a lot of the time is people just don't prepare and then those negative thoughts get in and a negative thought can be just as deadly as a blizzard you know like yeah. i'm not going to make it oh this is too hard i need to stop and once someone convinces themselves that they're not going to make it and they need to stop chances are they probably need to put their clothes on and we'll send them back down with another instructor 
Yeah, so you actually have like backup then. You Always. Know, yeah. Always. How many people besides like the lead instructor are there for like people are listening for the first time? Like the context is that you uh, and I have met this guy named the Iceman. Wim Hof. Who, Wim Hof, who essentially is being studied by science to the ability to uh, create heat in his body through mm-hmm. exposing it to extreme cold and he has also to regulate his body temperature and yeah to not have his core body temperature drop yeah right and he set the guinness book world record doing this so mm-hmm. they have retreats that essentially teach people like how to experience that within like two three days uh the retreat in poland is uh seven days okay but within like two three days yeah, of training you, well, you can experience what you never thought would be possible you know right and it's it's incredible to watch someone who's never seen snow before because some, our participants come from all over the world. They're, it's it's absolutely stunning to meet someone who says, "Yes, I'm I'm from Dubai. Uh, I've never seen snow, and I'm looking forward to taking an ice bath." That type of enthusiasm is just it's incredible. Like this is so foreign, and they're willing to give it a shot. You have people coming from all over, like we, we've had Norwegians, Canadians, every, all over, and they, they, they just go for it. And what they're capable of is just mind-blowingly amazing. It's so inspiring to watch people take control of themselves and, and go into someplace uncomfortable and then find that calm center. And that's, I love, that's what the ice does for me. Anytime I'm a little bit stressed out, I can just take an ice bath and, oh. Right, right. So you got, uh, again, like people from like the hottest places on earth yeah. coming to experience this. One, yeah. of, one of my participants, the, man, the gentleman was from Dubai. As he was climbing uh, the mountain trail, we were hiking because we were hiking up to this amazing hotel at the top. And to the best of his knowledge, no one in 1,500 years of his family line had seen snow or hiked a mountain in the way he was doing it. He was, he was one of the, f- the first in 1,500 years. And that was just incredible. Like that, that he said he couldn't tell his family because they would be afraid of what he was doing. And they'd, they'd be, hmm. no, that's crazy. You should stop. Yeah, yeah. Especially like, I mean, they would know of snow, <laughs> of course, <laughs> right? But they just never experienced it. Well, they have, they have one of the biggest indoor ski places right in dubai Dubai, so they've they've seen manufactured snow but it was it was the first time he'd seen real like snow it was was, right it was great so it's like argument that you know certain select people are sort of outliers with human physiology Mm -hmm. and what's possible and you know you get these sort of uh, believe it or not stories you know or yeah you have someone that can like hold electricity like thousands of volts or whatever and not get fried um and so some people would put Wim Hof in that like category of a human being that can you know withstand like extreme cold temperature yet he has the DNA coming from you know Dutch ancestry right yeah whereas you have someone from like let's say the deserts of Africa or the Middle East mm-hmm. like Dubai show up and experience like snow for the first time um in Poland and yeah. 
doesn't have a, a history or a, a family history, a lineage of being exposed to that kind of cold temperature, yet somehow it's it's in there in the DNA yeah. to uh, experience this and even thrive with the the proper training that you guys provide. Yeah, and not only thrive but succeed in ways they never they'd never even realized. Yeah, didn't even have like other than a f- concept of fake snow and mm-hmm. you know reading about snow and hearing about snow yeah. but you know no one in their family for who knows how long they've never experienced like actual cold in, in the wild really. walking through nature and it's it can get it can test you i mean sometimes we we don't like to say if you make it to the top you shouldn't say this was easy because you know to someone it might be difficult it may not have been as difficult for you as you thought it would be or maybe that you wanted it to be, but we don't control the weather. Some hikes, it's a beautiful walk in the park. The sun's out. I mean, it's still negative one or two degrees Celsius. It's still cold, but it's a beautiful sunny day. And we're, we're just hiking. And other days, uh, the wind's blowing 25, 30 miles per hour. It's freezing cold. It stings as the gusts hit you. And it can turn a simple stretch of 10 minutes into almost an eternity but Mm -hmm. that's where the focus comes in and i kind of like it when it's nice in the beginning people just start to chat and you should be focusing on your breath (laughs) and then they fall into the right stride they fall into the right rhythm and it's not such a hard thing so explain like that sort of phenomenon going on like why does that drive focus for us and keep us warm in those situations well it's the focus in, in slowing the breath down, and if you start to breathe really fast, your heart rate's going to increase. That's just physiologically what happens. And as your heart's beating quicker, the blood's moving through your veins faster, and you, you tend to cool off a lot quicker, we find. But if you're walking and you're breathing nice and slow, nice and steady, you're, you're extending that exhale a little bit more. If you can, just breathing in through the nose because that heats the air just a little bit in and out through the nose. If you can, um, we find the body kind of regulates its temperature. Uh, You can hum a little bit. It vibrates the intercostal muscles uh, in between the ribs, which sit right against your lungs. So you can heat the air going to the blood and the oxygen, and it's a nice little effect. So you'll hear people humming, humming on the mountain. Mm -hmm. And... As long as we can keep a nice steady pace, it's it's doable. Sometimes we have to stop for a restroom break, but right, right. It, it's just that 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 motion to to keep your body moving that that helps the blood circulate that that keeps you a little warmer. There's a couple tricks we know and teach throughout the week that also help to to generate body heat and keep you warm. Mm-hmm. And the uh, on the focus side, so like the the mental aspect of mm-hmm. uh, being focused during, you know, these extreme temperature changes or like condition changes, where like you said earlier in the hike, people would just kind of not be focused because they're like it's warmer, mm-hmm. you know, sunnier at that point. But as you start gaining elevation, it gets let's say like more like slush and sleet and and blowing sideways Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you know if they weren't maintain that focus from earlier on um obviously they will be but it almost at that point it might be too late 
Well, it, it's that's where, I mean, I can't stress this enough, and it may sound kind of kind of hokey, but a positive attitude. If you're just willing to accept what's coming, and you can keep that positive outlook, you know, I'll be fine, I'll be okay. If I need to put my clothes on, I can put my clothes on. And it's it's if you need to put your clothes on at any point, like I, I like to say, I will never be upset if you're listening to your body. So if you're putting your clothes on because it's time for you, then fantastically done. You've hiked your hike, and now it's time to get dressed. It's great. I mean, there are certain times where it wouldn't be safe for someone to put their clothes on right then. So we would get to a safe point and then dress accordingly. But safety is paramount. And in those moments where heavy focus is needed, I mean, that's where the instructors come in. We're there to help people stay in focus we're wearing probably an extra layer and so we can focus on the participants and we'll be, come on guys you can do it follow your breath come on focus on that one step in front of the other you know see yourself at the top don't get bogged down by this just keep moving mm -hmm. yeah i would see that you know people with their egos like wanting to be like whim you know because although you could he could train you in two, three days to like learn how to like increase body temperature in mm -hmm. these situations. And then you said you have like a couple of tricks that you also teach people yep. on how to increase that thermogenesis. But I imagine like, you know, people are comparing themselves to Wim and, you know, it's like him being, you know, sort of like 40 a, years of experience. Yeah. Pro athlete mm -hmm. of 40 years experience versus someone that's just like a baby you know, learning how to walk the first time, you know? Right. Well, he's running and they're looking at him and they're just learning like to walk flying. and being like, why can't I run? It's like, well, you've got to, you've got to take the steps brick by brick. If you, if you take this slow and you respect your limits, you can go so far. But if you look for your limits and try to find them when you do, they're going to come crashing down and you're probably going to get hurt. That's why whim is whim pounds it into people please respect mother nature she is merciless and you've always got to be prepared we always have extra clothes and there's people who's like yeah i went i went on a four mile hike and i you know i just went for it and it's like well please be safe it, wim wim has clothes in his backpack even wim hof it's it's we all have to take precautions yeah all of us yeah uh, any point have you had like somebody you know, like in the skydiving world when we were shown videos before we actually went out and jumped out of the airplane, but they showed like scenarios of what can go wrong. And one of the things that went wrong was when the person now was jumping out with his two instructors. So this is not tandem. You're not attached to your instructors. They mm -hmm. call it accelerated free fall. I don't know if they had that option for your very first time jumping out of an airplane, but I was able to do that like a long time ago. But one of the scenarios was they jumped out together, all three people, and the student literally just pushed his instructors out of the way so that he could just free fall on his own. And they like try to get in there and like by this time the guy is like, you know, speed wobbling, like out of control. Mm -hmm. And they're like trying to like get him into equilibrium, you know? And he's literally flipping out of control. And like when an instructor just darts in and just grabs the guy, he's flipping with them and pulls the dude's chute to force him, mm -hmm. you know, 
to uh, just stop free fall and save his life. And, uh, you know, have you ever had to had the same situation where someone it was like a massive ego, like literally was like pushing the instructors away, like, no, I'm not going to put my clothes on. I'm going to I'm going to do this and I'm going to go without you. Um, if it wasn't with you, has there been stories uh, in the past with the uh, retreat group? The Wim Hof Retreat Group? Well, we have one rule on the mountain, and it's you have to listen to the instructors. Like, if you, throughout the week, if we don't think you'll be listening to us, we just won't take you. Uh, thankfully, we've never had to do that. Um, I've heard of people going, trying to push past, and uh, one of the <laughs> instructors I know. Um, I've heard him tell his group, like, look, when we're on the mountain, it's it's life or death. So if I have to knock you out to save your life, I'm going to. And thankfully, none of us have ever had to do that. But it could get that serious. I mean, I, I've taken lifeguard training. And there are certain scenarios where you have to knock someone out to save them. That's unfortunate, but true. Because when people are panicking, they're not thinking correctly. So, right, and they end up pulling down the rescuer, yeah, yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm not saying we haven't yelled. I've, I know almost every instructor who's done a mountain hike has had to raise their voice a time or two. But when you're caught in that moment and you want your goal and you can see it, it's so close, but you don't like you don't see the clouds, you don't see that blizzard coming because you're, you're so focused on your goal, you, you, you don't feel the cold as acutely but i can see the signs building up that it's it's time to put clothes on now i don't need the bodies to be pushed as far as they want to go but they they have that little bump of adrenaline because they can see their goal and they really really want it but if it's unsafe it's unsafe and yeah some people have had to be yelled at to put their clothes on and um some people have tried to go the wrong way but we have instructors at the front of the group. We have instructors at the back. We don't, we don't take chances. We do counts all the time. No one ever gets left behind. No one ever goes the wrong way. We have people to watch for that. We, mm -hmm. we have mountain guides that go with us in Poland. So we, we try and take every precaution we can. And if they're not listening to us, that's really unfortunate. And I'd hate to have to dress an adult. And I hope I never have to. But if I had to, I would dress an adult on a mountain. It was just cases of actually turning people away while they were there, right? Like, you actually, is it any point where they were just obnoxious and you guys are like, no, nah, we're going to refund the money. It just don't feel right having you here kind of thing. Or, I mean, if that has to happen, it has to happen in all things. If, if, if one person would endanger the entire group. But has it happened, though? Um, of you're aware I, of? I think maybe once. Okay. And it's, it's not. I thought I heard that story of like this one obnoxious European dude. And it was just like, okay, we have to. I don't think we do anything. I mean, obnoxious is kind of one of those. Well, I mean, like just wasn't like you said, like listening to the instructors. Where... I'm sure it's happened once where we've had to send someone home because they would, they would just refuse to listen. And if you're refusing to listen when there's 60 people, 80 people hiking a mountain, we cannot have one person put that mm -hmm. many lives at risk. It's just best to be like, you know what? Thank you for coming. We're going to send you home and refund your money. Yeah. 
but I think and the that, same is true with the learning to be an instructor as well. It's like mm-hmm. some people just don't make it through, you know, like just don't even if they pass like all the information, they just aren't the right fit. You know, as an instructor, I think that's the case with all things. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, I like that it's you, you have to really fit the mold, and you have to be good at communicating the information. You have to be able to keep people safe, and sometimes people are just in it for the wrong reason, and that usually comes out in the end. It's most of the time it's their choice. They just go, you know what, this isn't the right fit for me. It's not not for it but there's a lot of people who want to become instructors that do and they become amazing instructors Mm -hmm. and it's it's not any one personality type will do better than anyone else which is what i love about it um a myriad of backgrounds would make an amazing wim hof method instructor and sometimes it's just as you said not the right fit for the person and even though they know all the knowledge it's just not what they want to do and they go their way and they still have all the knowledge they learned. Yeah. Which is again, back to your point that, you know, this kind of applies with like everything, you know, any kind of, uh, teaching position instructor or like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, just auditioning or interviewing for a job per se. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting when an instructor, Dude, I'm so high right now, man. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> oh, man. We were like going on that one. Um, yeah, just like the uh, how this like applies with like anything, you know. And so, yeah, back to like, you know, whether uh, being high, uh, having a few drinks, um, being in extreme cold temperatures or extreme heat, mm-hmm. or as we were saying with kettlebell partner passing, where yep. you're passing, you know, cannonballs with handles back and forth with another person. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot is like revealed about someone during these like moments where you're like in an altered state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the cold, you see it like when people get into the ice baths, like you see it before sort of like the, you know, pre-anxiety aspects of it. Yep. And then you see them in it and then they're hyperventilating and, you know, with your guidance and cueing, they reach this moment where they hit this homeostasis of breathing. And and then not only do you witness that like on a solo level, but if you get like a bunch of people in a giant ice bath or like let's say this, the cold sea mm-hmm. and you actually see almost like the real person like the mask being removed in that moment that scares some people sometimes they're not they they don't realize that a simple ice bath will make them feel so much because a lot of times people want to endure the ice they want to they want to be tough they want to sit in the cold and it's like yeah that's that's nice have you tried surrendering because the real magic happens when you surrender and Anyone can endure an ice bath. Anyone can tough an ice bath out. But the magic in the ice bath is to just relax, slow your breath down, and you can't control that environment. You just have to accept what the ice bath is giving you, and you can either freak out, which I, you know, don't recommend. It's uncomfortable. It, 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 
I, I've seen people kind of half levitate out of an ice bath where they'll try and sit in it, but their, their torso suddenly gets really, really long as they're sitting down and their arms kind of stretch out. And, <laughs> magic trick. Yeah, a little magic trick. Yeah, I've never, or optical. Like, I've seen someone like hover over an ice bath. That was really neat. I've seen in somebody like stand over it like a, a cat refusing to get bathed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, they're like maybe they won't notice that I'm not in the ice at mm -hmm. all just I'm I'm in the bath just yeah yeah. I I see people make nervous jokes and like oh guys especially if there's if there's a couple guys together or their friends that come yeah they try to divert the attention from them well they make everyone's got to make the shrinking joke like if they're nervous about the ice oh yeah oh oh, that's gonna be a belittling experience like oh frozen gonna be a turtle and it's like yeah turtle head yeah and it's like okay just (laughs) turtle in the shell yeah yeah so they 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 they, want to focus on that they want to make jokes and laugh about it it's fun but once you get in there's no joke in the world that's gonna 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 help you 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 have to focus you have to breathe and that's what's amazing about it if you can find peace in the ice you can find it anywhere you yeah. can you can use that as a mirror for stress and really work with stress in a healthy way because the ice it, it's not i mean i find it relaxing now but that's after quite a few years of practice at about 18 months i found ice baths serenely relaxing after my wife taught me how to take them right ah oh, i was doing it so wrong for so long <laughs> <laughs> tensing up just oh i'm cold this is awesome oh, and i would just endure an ice bath and right. my wife said can i try that and of course i was like oh yeah go ahead mm. and she she sat in it and just oh. <laughs> that looks that looks way better than what i do yeah yeah and, yeah yeah it's cool because literally it is <laughs> it's cool because that was like a horrible joke that's a bad pun yeah. yeah that was pretty bad um but what's interesting about the ice and uh some of the things that we've done at uh magic flow bus you know we're taking people through like altered states like naturally mm-hmm. including like flow state and um with like my own personal experience with uh like psychedelics and you know heavy sort of dosages whereas like you know you talked about like surrendering and like accepting like where you are at and that like the beauty of using the ice bath is like you you had the same experiences uh to the core of like acceptance and surrendering to the moment and seeing it like as is versus like good or bad or whatever mental constructs you make during that fight or flight emergency mm-hmm. perceived situation right and um you know you could do that with sort of psychedelics and other ways including like if you, extreme sports right but the beauty of like using the ice or heat is, or even breathing yeah uh practically is that it is accessible and it it doesn't require like you know the the legalities of a particular substance or not and um but yeah ultimately you get to that the same place if you learn to accept it and surrender and let go mm-hmm. and it's 
it's a hard journey for a lot of people. Our, our society is taught to really be in control at all times. And that's not something we can, you know, uh, you can't control an ice bath. You can surrender to it. And when you're, when you're partner passing with a kettlebell, you, you have to surrender to the fact that your muscles might fatigue, that, you know, you are doing something that is what others would perceive as dangerous. But if you're in the right moment and you're in the right mindset, it's liberating. And you have the, the proper methodology and technique and instruction behind it. Then, yeah, similar with the ice, if you have the guidance of an experienced person guiding you through, then you would have uh, a greater chance of... Yeah, successfully completing the challenge. Right. And, you know, I... I know people who take ice baths to go to bed. I know people who take ice baths to wake up. Uh, I know a lot of athletes who do ice baths to heal or recover or just lessen the pain in their body. And everyone's got the reason for it. And, you know, I, I, I met someone who's, you know, I've taken ice baths for years. I'm a pro at it. And I said, well, have you tried breathing like this when you're in an ice bath? In for three, out for six. It's one of the most relaxing breaths you can do. If you're stressed in your, your, your daily life, in for three, out for six. With your nose if you can, but in the nose, out the mouth. It'll slow your heart rate down. It'll calm you down. It'll help you be less stressed in the moment. And if they can do that, that's, that's all they're looking for is just that one little bit of moment of peace. And you're saying that somebody asked you about that? Like that was, you know... I kind of got lost right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens. I mean, I, I think it was you're mentioning like a pro basketball player at one point at Whole Foods that overheard. A I was talking to the Whole Foods deli guy about the Wim Hof method because I'll talk to anybody about the Wim Hof method if they seem even a little bit interested. And the guy said, "You know, I I play for the Kings." It's cool. And he's like, well, the breath thing, will I be able to perform better? I don't know. I can probably, let's see, let's, let's see. Do you want to breathe better? Let's, let, I don't know you at all. I can't give you those answers. It's like, well, I'm a pro. And I'm like, all right, how long can you hold your breath for? I just, you know, with the oxygen advantage, it's a really good way to see someone's bold score. It's it's non-invasive. I don't have to you know get in so there. So essentially, uh, uh, the level of, of oxygen in the body. Yeah. Test and yeah. for a lot of, for a pro athlete, he should be able to hold his breath for at least a minute. And he he lasted about twenty seconds. And when I said, you know, you could probably be do, breathing a little bit better, he got angry because I I was then critiquing his peak performance. And in my in my mind, or in his mind, I guess I was not thinking he was as amazing as he should be. And then it went from I want to listen to piss off. He's like, why should I listen to you? Basically, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what have you done? Kind yeah. of thing. He's he was pro, and he left. Yeah. yeah. And that whether he played for the Kings or not, I don't know. Whether it was just a story for me to listen to him, I'm uh, not sure. It makes to me, you know, sounds just about right. In that, that pro world, you know, whether it's uh, Hollywood or uh, professional sports, uh, it seems to match certain attitudes, you know. It does, yeah. but a lot of people have those attitudes. Yeah, and it just that it's like a higher level of ego, you know, like elitism, mm -hmm. um, which I was joking that by saying that it makes me 
sound like an elitist. <laughs> um, but uh, you were saying earlier, too, just like how um, it's up to people to figure out like how to use something like the Wim Hof method like individually because, mm-hmm. again, people are like trying to be like Wim Hof or trying to be like Mike, so to speak. Yeah, and- they're following other people's goals instead of setting them for themselves. Like Wim, uh, his, his motto is health, strength, and happiness for everybody. But his walk up the mountain of health, strength, and happiness is different from mine. I'm a type 1 diabetic. It's different from yours. So uh, though I can be inspired by Wim's success, I'm not going to set his goals as mine. I need to set my own goals. And that's what I love about this method is we can teach you to breathe, but we can't breathe for you. I can show you how to take an ice bath, right? But I can't sit in the ice for you. And I can't tell you how to live your life or what goals to set. And that's, that's, it's just incredible to watch people realize that that is their power. That is their, it's not a superpower. It's theirs. It's their, they, oh, I can, I can choose. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, essentially like own their own life. Like, don't be like Mike, be like you. Yeah. There's only one you, right? So no one else can be you. So, um, super cliche, man. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it's cliche doesn't mean it's wrong. Like, I mean, I, I tell my daughter and I tell my son, you're the only people who are you. So be the best you, you can be. And it may sound cheesy, but. I mean, those cheesy lines, I, I quote my grandfather all the time. He had all these cheesy quotes that I heard as a kid. And now here I am repeating them to my children. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, just because they're cheesy doesn't make them any less wrong. Well, just, I think the cheesiness was the real, real stuff, right? Like, yeah, being silly, goofy, mm-hmm. cheesy, corny, whatever you want. Now they call them dad jokes. Okay, yeah. there you go. Dad jokes. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting people to actually like listen to their own heart, cliche. Yeah, like uh, (laughs) listen to listen to themselves. Like, oh, how would I? Yeah, because I mean, I hear people say, "I want to go to the next level," and then I ask them, "What is the next level?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know. You can tell me." Right. I don't. I need to level up, especially if they're already like multimillionaires running like large companies and Mm -hmm. have everything materialistically. Mm -hmm. They're like, "I need to get to the next level." What is the, I mean, they, they don't even know. They can't tell me what they think the next level is. And why, how about being content with what you have? I mean, of course, strive, dream. Yeah, what you were saying earlier, evolve, yeah. right? Like you're got the rock or someone like Kevin Hart, the comedian, and mm-hmm. they have everything, but they love being an artist. They love recreating and reinventing themselves after, you know, every couple of years and um, seeing what else they could learn and grow or uh, discover, or create, right? And, and, uh, it's not about like the money for them or, or leveling up. It's mm-hmm. not about leveling up or attaining that next level. It's just seeing where learning takes them, mm-hmm. where their craft can take them and enjoying life. Um, I don't know them personally, so I can't say, say one way or the other, but it doesn't seem like they're trying to do what they're doing to level up or reach that next level of enlightenment. Yeah, impress they're, people. Yeah, they're doing yeah. it because they're driven it and it inspires them. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, they're not motivated by anything external per se. It's the internal person that they become. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so I, intrinsic versus extrinsic. I think if your internal motivation is to, to grow and you're doing it responsibly and you're not growing just to grow, you're, you're trying to see how far you can push your comf- limits of comfort and, 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 you know, move to the next j- part of your journey. That's that's amazing. That's evolution. But if you're just trying to, you know, reach some existential, I, I just have to be to the next level. It sounds like you're kind of lost a little bit. So stop. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of them are pretty damn like disconnected and and uh, unhappy, you know, or even yeah just depressed like you know they they have everything but they aren't happy they you know they're always seeking something else thinking that something's gonna bring a bigger high than the last one and they're chasing the endorphin rush yeah that that next success the next hit yeah Yeah. because they're they're pursuing happiness right they're not embodying happiness and that's a big difference like i love to see people who embody happiness and I'm, what are you doing oh i'm fantastic i'm on my way to my next thing i'm gonna see if i like this mm-hmm. and they're gonna go try hot yoga for the first time not for any other reason than just to see if it's something they want to do yeah and i've met the person who's like hot yoga's the thing i've heard about it i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna be the best at it I was like, okay i wish you luck yeah it's cool because people can just I respect people that are trying it, even if they have like the weirdest uh, reasons for doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I used to judge that kind of stuff. But the more I start to see how everybody in this world is, is has this one life to experience different things. And, you know, who are we to say that one way is right or that one way is wrong? There's some like you know certain obvious moral ethical yeah. uh, things, but just in general, if someone wants to you know have a orgy or something, <laughs> it's like you went there, you know, it's like yeah, I want to try that or uh, you know just go down some like underground world of you know to see what that's like or try like you said something <laughs> more benign like hot yoga <laughs> yeah i want hot yoga you want hot orgy <laughs> i like the leap but <laughs> that'd I mean, be an interesting thing try to like have a, a hot horse shit optical course <laughs> you get down with your bad self man i will i will see how that that turns out i'll try round two i wonder if that even exists in the world there's usually I'm, I'm like everything there's a spartan race of, somewhere yeah right crawl, some, some, crawl through some horse, horse shit yeah. spartan race some like uh farmer <laughs> i mean those races are buddies, incredible those guys go like, through some crazy stuff i'm sure some i mean they've got shipping containers filled with ice you got to walk through i'm sure someone's got a shipping container filled with horseshit yeah it's like fierce fear factor right yeah. like what's like the the grossest dirtiest creepiest like concoction of optical courses can you you have like a fear factor optical course that would be not, trippy uh, not in my backyard no but no one's uh, done that right because they've done like one off like sort of truth or dare kind of uh like eat eat like some you know pig penis but (laughs) now pass (laughs) but they haven't had like uh like a optical course where you eat like this kind of animal part 
you know, and and like go through yeah, they, like they a, a create a like horse shit and. Oh. It sounds like hazing, man. Yeah, that sounds like hazing. I hope they don't come up with that, but I'm sure, I'm sure people would watch it. I feel it. bad for kids yeah. going to college. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. I don't know. That's gnarly. This is fun, man. I feel pretty baked. That happens. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, back to Wim Hof method. <laughs> we get there eventually. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, you were also talking earlier during our, like, dinner, just transitioning from these kind of highs, uh, you know, oh. where you're, you're, you know, for example, immersed in this. Living it. Living, like, literally living and embodying uh these most alive states that uh, humans are uh, capable of experiencing and for like a month straight and then it was incredible. it's the same thing that's going on yeah it's going on with like soldiers coming back from war they actually like miss that excitement war and the camaraderie with their fellow you know teams uh, teammates of you know Soldier, being so yeah. yeah and like you know it's almost like going back home is is like just black and white in that sense i wouldn't necessarily compare it to that whereas i'm having an amazingly fun awesome time and i'm not i'm not in any real danger i'm not getting shot at and i don't have to shoot at anyone but it, I, I i am living a high i get to be in that flow state i get to get to have that extra taste of life and what a lot of these events don't tell you, and thankfully we do, is when you go home, it might you might get a little bit of a low. It's it's common. I did. I came back from a month of doing this, and I I was a, a, a bit depressed for a little bit, for about two three weeks. This is a, again normal. Normal. For, yeah, it's, it's not like totally it's, normal. Yes, especially if uh, someone had experienced like. Again, such a, a live a live state at or level a, eleven, you know. Yeah, they had a life altering moment. They had a, a cathartic breakthrough. Anything like that? It's stasis in mm-hmm. that sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and then uh, going back home, it, it, it's like uh, uh, again. We'll we'll pull a quote from my wife here. It's like you're a balloon of positivity going through a thorny forest of grumpiness, and someone's gonna want to pop your balloon. And yeah, that's an epic metaphor for your wife. She's she, Kendra's on point. Yeah, yeah, she's rad. She's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, when you come back, you're a balloon of positivity, and you're like, "This is amazing!" And someone goes, "Nope." <laughs> and you, you've got to be prepared for that. Not everyone will do it, but someone will. Right, because it's a skewed uh, sliver of reality when everybody. Uh, so this is sort of the, you know, the double-edged sword of, of, of tribes and, you know, uh, on the other and a cult, mm. you know, where it's like you're with a group of people for like a weekend seminar or a week-long retreat and it is like Fantasy Island or the love boat, you know, um, where in that moment of time, everything's amazing everything's novel mm-hmm. yet you go back home to like reality 
and you can't quite get as deep as you want to. You can't talk to the same people about the same things. You can't keep your things. practice up. You want to talk to someone about taking an ice bath, and they're like, "Man, you're crazy." And it's 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 hard because it, I heard it called it like romance, uh, like withdrawal or something. You know, where like you have like a weekend romance on some cruise ship or in <laughs> Vegas or something, and then yeah, you come back and it's just like flat. You know. Flatland. What's what's great about learning the Wim Hof method is is yeah that's a normal thing, but you can still keep practicing your breath work. You can still do you know if you can't do an ice bath, you can take a cold shower. I mean you can do everyone breathes, everyone breathes, and you can get cold most anywhere in the world. There are certain places where it's a lot harder to take a cold shower. <laughs> I mean when the water's warm. Not much you can do. Right, right. But most places you can, you know, you can get a little cold. You can take a cold shower. You can take an ice bath now and again. Yeah, buy ice and throw it in your bath. Or, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what's great about it is is with that weekend romance, we give you the tools to practice indefinitely. There is no next super secret level. I mean, we offer advanced courses for people who want to learn like the science and maybe uh, another breathing technique or two, but you learn everything you need to practice the Wim Hof method forever in the fundamentals course. And you, you take that knowledge with you. No one can take it from you. You can breathe anywhere. You can calm yourself down. You can give yourself a little more energy and you have that awareness of your body. So although you may feel that lull, you still have the power to bring yourself up out of it. Right. I have multiple things on my mind in regards to all that is like, uh, so you were saying earlier about, you know, people giving the tools and also being like foretold, this is a possibility of like Mm -hmm. a week long, month long experience to have like a withdrawal effect or, you know, a crash afterwards. And Mm -hmm. so there's like the aftercare support and, that's available. Uh, these are the tools that can help you when you you if that does happen because it doesn't necessarily happen to everybody. Um, and then the aspect of what I love about things like the Wim Hof method or like kettlebell partner passing is, like you said earlier, like I you can't breathe for people. Like they actually have to breathe. They actually have to have a practice. Mm-hmm. And by doing these types of practices, like you actually like gain experience. Where so many people are living life like reading, which I've done before, just kind of like reading about like uh, accomplishing your dreams or reading about like successful people. And feeling good or listening to like, you know, a motivational meme or reading it or, but not actually like suffering through the cold or, or working out and feeling uncomfortable and burning and, you know, having Mm -hmm. fatigue. And there's something about like that double-edged sword too of people suffering. But on the other end of that, if you learn to be present to surrender to let go to like fully accept that that feeling without naming it labeling it Mm -hmm. and then come out the other side you know like it just kick-started you into this 
super state of being, which you guys and many successful people have noticed. And what I've discovered myself is like making micro steps to like this goal that seems just out of reach and freaks the hell out of people and and people make these stories why they can't do that but it was just it's not necessarily not attainable is that they didn't sort of take that like baby first step and then build that to two steps three steps and you know falling a couple of times and then gotten up and just kept going never stopping and then all of a sudden you know what it looked like something unattainable becomes totally attainable yeah. if you like broke it down small to steps. Small, smaller bites small and chunks. steps yeah. towards a big goal right and i mean a simple exercise is you write what you want down write it down and then i like to draw uh, a bunch of branches down it's like an upside down tree and i draw a bunch of branches down from underneath it and i'm like okay so if i want this goal i need to accomplish these things and if i need to accomplish these things there's steps to accomplish those things so it may seem a pie in the sky dream it may be oh man that looks insane but if i do all of these little steps it'll lead to these bigger steps which will eventually lead to my bigger goal and if you break it down and compartmentalize it it's not so bad as you said one step at a time and everyone thinks the first step is the hardest and i i don't agree with that i think the next step is always the hardest because starting something, that's easy. Finishing it, taking that next step and that next step, that's hard. Right. Yeah, it's actually pretty funny in that way because I've, I've experienced both, you know, where the first step was hard. And then mm-hmm. with other things, it was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then you had the high of accomplishing that. And then mm-hmm. you just don't take any more steps. <laughs> after that because you're like man that felt so awesome i'm yeah. just gonna hang out in awesomeness and not get uncomfortable <laughs> again you know yeah um and, and that's the tr- the truth about like i guess fitness you know and starting something and, and and that's the thing like people usually like blow themselves out on their first try and it's yeah. like you you're so gung-ho and and on fire motivated and inspired and you just try to like and then you, you know, hurt yourself sometimes. yeah you hurt and, yourself and like, right or you're like so damn sore yeah and you don't uh, want to do it anymore with this like uh 90 day kpp uh process that i'm going through it's like you know these things but when you're young you're just like i'm gonna fucking you know eat the whole goddamn elephant on like when try right and it's like no it's it's you know sort of wisdom comes with age or something like i'm amazed that there's some like kids that just seem to know it it took me to be like 41 years old right now and uh to i knew of it i've heard people talk about it you know and now it's like I'm actually doing it and I'm like, fuck, they were right. You know, like, yeah, I wish I wasn't one of the people that had to touch the fire to realize it's hot. <laughs> yeah. I could just trust someone. Yeah. I, I gotta know. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause it's not like we, we didn't know that before, but this on this level of understanding and, you know, it's, I say we both even lived like pretty incredible lives uh, for the, you know, like I, I would say to, I'm sure you would. I love that um, I've led. And to know this at 
our age versus again like on our deathbed you know like where people are just droning about sleepwalking you know through uh the matrix and just being sheep and not trying anything new not Mm -hmm. taking that like hot yoga class or not being uncomfortable not taking well anytime you want to start something new and your brain doesn't know how it will end it's going to make you feel uncomfortable so you don't do it and it can keep you in the safe routine your brain will actively seek comfort on every level however if you can lean into that uncomfortable thing like that's i I wouldn't say I actively look for the next uncomfortable thing, but if I'm about to try something new and I can feel that, that hesitation, that, that moment of discomfort, I'm now more motivated to lean into it and to see what will happen. Because the worst thing that happens is I, I fail, and then maybe I try again and I don't fail as bad next time. I'm okay with failing. I don't mind. And if you're going to fail, I mean, fail spectacularly. Go out big. More fun. Yeah, it certainly makes for funny ass stories, right? Oh, like, I mean, a lot of stuff is like, how do you, you can't script this, right? Like, and it's like where a lot of the ideas from comedies come is like a bunch of writers probably fucked up spectacularly in their yeah. lives and got actually ideas for some of these movies or sitcoms mm-hmm. or, or stand up bits or whatever. And, and uh, I find the same, like, it's I don't know what it is about hitting forty or something. It's hormonal changes or uh, the brain change or I don't know what the fuck happened. But it's like you just give less of a shit than you did like when you're at least for me when I was in high school or middle school. It's just like I'm sure a lot of hormones and stuff like that have to do with it. But you know you still see people act that way and they're like in their 60s you know it doesn't matter so much the age but i think there's like this i guess maturity aspect of development that goes on with each individual person so that's why there's no necessarily method that fits you know everybody right it's like each person and you have each situation and each like phase of their life of development there's there's so many variables that uh, one really has to truly listen to themselves and maybe have like guys to help them figure out like what's going on within their own system and like how to accomplish let's say a, a dream that they have or something on their bucket list that mm-hmm. like freaks them out yet you know we know that this is like an incredible experience with ex- with the experience you start to see like oh man this is this is the body getting excited like the fight or flight mm-hmm. it's, and it's, it's like new it's a novel great thing. sign like, if you when you learn to feel that you're like ooh, all right what's what's going on i mm, okay i don't know how this is going to turn out but um let's go for it yeah it's like me trying to be funny i literally um laughed at my own jokes and no one laughs at it but i'm like the fact that no one laughs at it, then like I'm like saying that no one laughs at it, then everybody laughs at that part. Yeah. And I, there's something so funny in a sense of like even like talking about it and 
it helps people like relate better because they're like probably thinking that they're experiencing they think they're the only one that's the, the, experiencing oh, this yeah. this response to fear that they're afraid of is like no everybody and they're not going to voice it they're not going to want to yeah, be yeah. alone it's like well everyone's kind of feeling this way yeah i mean if you one of my favorite quotes is from the new mary poppins movie and it's you know children you're about to embark on an adventure don't spoil it with so many questions and a lot of times people will stop and they'll ask so many questions it's paralyzation through analyzation and it's like you know what you could spend 30 minutes trying to quantify and figure out what's going to happen or you can spend 30 seconds give it a shot and try it again i mean i'd rather i'd rather try it 20 times in 30 minutes whatever this imaginary thing we're making up is and fail 20 times and sit there and ponder what would happen yeah yeah it's funny because i had this experience teaching student teaching kpp in ireland and uh, uh, my girlfriend and uh, another gal uh they were like asking like too many questions and i was just like shh <laughs> just pick up the weight just you know just literally uh, experienced by like uh by doing you know and and then we could talk about it afterwards but you know it's funny to see when you start to uh, as an instructor and guide you start to see uh people's eyes and body because you know they're like going into the analytical like mm-hmm. paralysis analysis mind because they're using it as like a tool to avoid Doing facing yeah. reality in that that moment and uh you know it's it's cool to be able to like help them realize that and then i just find that if you could guide them through that transition through like making it funny mm-hmm. making them realize that they're doing it and then they're at ease and then all of a sudden you know half an hour later they're looking back going like wait a minute like why did i I end up here when i was i couldn't even move past the first step right Mm -hmm. and now they're they're sailing along having a great time right and i mean yeah the first step is hard to take that unknown leap and then to go again and again and again and i mean it's and yeah just go for it yeah and again man we had so many great conversations the uh so now these people are at this like heightened state of awareness they are feeling like their super self Mm -hmm. and then you get these culty cunts that come around and use hypnosis suggestibility a pitch they convince people that they're not their optimal self and they have a higher level a oh yeah secret you can, level yeah yeah the next thing just uh, you know you've learned this come for the next thing the next mm-hmm. thing is is really good it only costs twelve thousand dollars and yeah i mean they have a place they're making they're making their money so if yeah, that's man. what's important to them they're doing it they they have the information, you know. You don't want to throw the baby out the bathwater, but it's very exploitive, right? Because people, on a whole, are very naive, and you know, I, I was naive, naive, and I had to go through that process to like realize what the hell was going on. Um, just when I thought I figured it out, I got duped again. You know, I, and, I'd uh, like to say I don't get duped, but I get duped. I'd like to. I see. I look. I hope people. 
are, are going straight with me. That you know that that's a good story. And, and you know what? Even if I do get conned, man, that was a good story. Right. I, I mean, I hoped for the best in someone. It wasn't so. And, you know, hopefully I don't get too upset <laughs> that they may have swindled me. Right. Yeah, go fuller, fully deeper in the uh, the hole financially, you know. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, it's, uh, you know... I think the ultimate, well, I don't think I actually experienced it, but like an actual uh, leader of an organization that like tells people all the sort of red flags to look for and like a disintegrous uh, spiritual leader or or leader as a whole and, and uh, named like 20, like the top 20 list of things to look for and then turned around and actually did it to their his own followers right and i was just like dude like part of me is like dude i was like the ultimate chess move like mad respect but the other part of me is like you fucking slime ball right like because i actually fell for it right and but at the same time i'm so grateful for the experience because now i'm like yeah i'm very open but also like keep that critical eye at the same time you know Mm -hmm. like to say that you're you're a samurai walking around with you doesn't even have to be like a physical sword but you have the presence of one that is walking around peaceful is very kind and respectful but you have this sword for the moments notice that something is bullshit (laughs) and you just full-on like hack it in half right and I just I think it's a very powerful presence for someone to have because they're like they don't look like they're Pollyanna-ish. They they may act it, but at the same time they're willing to like stand up for truth and call it out mm-hmm. or even help other people not go through the same uh pitfalls that they fell through, you know? Yeah. <sighs> I wish I could catch all the bullshit artists. Yeah, I'm better, but I and think still. I mean, if they've got a good pitch, yeah. I want to believe them. I want to yeah. believe, and that's you know that's when I first met Wim. I said, you know what? Thank you for your method. It's helped me a lot. And Wim said, you know, thanks, but you're the one who did the breathing, and you're the one who sat in the ice. So you know, your success is your success. Congratulations, good job. And that was such a different attitude than I'd, I'd seen before. And to this day, I see people walk up and thank Wim for all he's done. And he's like, this is the first moment I've met you. You've Everything up until this point, you've done on your own. I, you may have watched a video that I helped coach you, and then you've, you did it, but you did it. So thank you for, for using my method to help yourself. Yeah. And I, I really have to, I, I love that so much. That, I mean, he's, it's... He, he's honoring their... Their, their own work. initiative yeah, yeah. And work yeah and that's that was like a big uh refreshing thing to to know someone that's so um re he's uh just you know so loved by like millions of people around the world I'm now sure and, yeah yeah and uh revered and and yet he keeps the humility because he's like he's like i did what i did and I'm happy that it inspired you. Yet, like you said, 
he doesn't take the credit he's like the credit belongs to you because you actually did it you could have just you know for example get high off of watching my videos and mm-hmm. maybe done a couple of breath things but just never did anything with it or applied mm-hmm. it to your life and you know you changed because you decided and actually went for it mm-hmm. that's the setting your own goals and now you know for the next level <laughs> only twelve thousand more dollars yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it was crazy man when we went to that one uh that place that place in san francisco where it was supposed to be about consciousness and uh you know it was just one nlp sales pitch you were the guy is like telling his amazing story and then like eventually says yeah we had this elite level circle Um, but you have to take this weekend course first to be good enough to take the 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 bigger longer course right so you have to pay to see if you can pay next yeah and he actually said what the price of the uh the elite course was right which was how much i think it was like eighteen thousand dollars yeah, but before you could even qualify to take that, you have to take this weekend course, which was $12,000, right? No, no. I think that one was like a, a conservative 1500 or something like okay. that. Okay, okay. So, it was so like, all in all near 20000 Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong with the numbers. They were they were out of my range. Right. Yeah, it's just an interesting sales technique, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you're not good enough. If you'd like to learn how to be good enough, just talk to me and I'll tell you how to be good enough. You'll be good enough for the the good enoughs. Yeah, like, you'll be yeah, you'll be good enough for the for good like enoughs. Like the awesome. <laughs> just pay for it. Yeah. Know? Enlightenment through uh, you know, entitled paying. It's, it's awesome. Uh, and there's lots of organizations that do the same thing. Just send us money and you'll be better. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty slick with um, how it's being done, you know, through like regular advertising and, you know, the, uh, the marketing aspects of they're, they're getting really creative and, and, uh, I don't know, sophisticated is the word, you know, in terms of it's, like it's duping people. Well, we like, took my, in college, we took classes in advertising as part of theater and, and they were super sophisticated back then and this almost oh man 20 years ago when i'm going through these classes and i i'm i'm learning about how advertisers use uh just images in plain sight that yeah. you still don't see yeah and, and like uh subliminal advertising that you just it's there but it's not out in the forefront one of my favorites is uh the wendy's logo if you look at the wendy's logo Right here on her collar is the word mom. Really? So every time you look at it, you don't see the word mom. Wow. But it registers and it brings you that comfort of mm-hmm. the word mom. Yeah. So that's that's right there in the Wendy's logo. Right. And right. It, there's 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 things everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That, you got the FedEx logo with the arrow in mm-hmm. between Fed and X. Mm-hmm. And then you have the uh like Amazon logos with the sort of looks like a happy face arrow. Yep. And it's like A to Z. Yep. Yep. So there's there's all sorts of stuff. Some are like super creative. Like I like that, you know. But if there's something that's like a, a way to, you know, again, consume more. Yeah. You know, like I love that movie, They Live, right? You have these special glasses and then you see like 
regular advertising billboards and it says like consume or or procreate mm-hmm. or you know uh buy or whatever it is it's it's uh it's fascinating that they had this so down for science you know or from science like the neurophysiology yeah. behind all of it you know well i mean some of the most interesting things would be like a, a hot tub ad a hot tub ad where there's a beautiful woman in a bikini she's got a drink in her hand of course and the male is an amazing shape but his face is in shadow well that ad's meant for men because i can't see that guy's face i'm gonna put mine there and if i buy that hot tub i will have that amazing body and that amazing girl and my life will be amazing now, if the woman's face is in shadow, that ad is probably probably designed for a woman so she can imagine her face there. And if they're both in shadow, that's for the couple. So their tricks are really, really they've just been getting better. Well, to think that people, again, that sat around and like... Think of these ways. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then and tested and, it out. And now they're thinking of, okay, now a lot of people have TiVo and they're going to be fast forwarding. How do we make a commercial that in one or two frames going through TiVo will catch an eye? Mm. Pop-ups now. Yeah. That, that how do we get people to click on this pop-up instead yeah, of just close yeah, it? Click baits, yeah. like headlines. Yeah. yeah and the, fake the, the ones where you have to scroll through each individual frame of the story mm. and they're hoping one of those ads picks you up. Yeah, it's they're getting they're getting better and better and better and better at it. And we are paying the price. We're consuming more and more. Yeah, it's so much, so much crazy noise out there. Um, yet again, it's 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 hypnotizing. You know, I could see why people would just get lost in it. It makes you feel better to follow yeah, the routine, like uh, binging on Netflix or you know all these uh, bingey shows. You know, like Game of Thrones, like awesome. Mm-hmm. They, they know the lighting, the color, the sound, the character, the stories, the setting. Um, as you know, with theater arts, right, I'm sure you guys learn like all these different effects to to really bring attention and, yeah. and, and, and sway, like being used in like politics, right, for propaganda to sway the masses and, and vote, voting a certain way, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's... Or believing in a certain way it's it's crazy and i think you know full circle back to things like the ice you know or extreme heat or extreme like physical exertion mm-hmm. or ultra marathons you yeah know. exactly or like you know uh psychedelics per se these things reveal uh things you know like uh it's hard like you said to like throw a joke in the middle of an ice bath right like you know until you reach that like sort of homeostasis sweet spot where you get that inner fire yeah and everything sort of sinks in and now you're like synced up with your environment and you're one with the ice Mm -hmm. you feel connected with everybody standing out there like you know observing and Mm -hmm. supporting and it's it's fascinating to go out in the world with that sort of uh clear glasses you know well yes if you can find that relaxed spot in the ice and you get to the point where you're just experiencing the moment you've calmed yourself down and you can see clearly what's going on you can take that out in the world with you you don't have to let the guy in traffic get you angry you can stay calm you don't have to make that choice to be mad and 
you can choose how you feel most of the time. Even if someone's trying to get you angry, you don't have to rise to the bait. Um, and in the ice, you don't have to rise to that fear. That's it's if it if it happens for you, it happens. You can go. Okay, you know what? Thank you, body. I got this. But you have to acknowledge the fact that that's there. And do you think? I mean, I have my idea of it, but you know, it's, these things providing uh, such a time dilation space that now you're not. You're not acting impulsively. You literally realize in the moment of that space that you have choices that um, before it used to be uh, on autopilot, right? And I remember you said in our last conversation about realizing all of a sudden you had the option to go from being in an automatic transmission to a manual manual. transmission. Yeah. Yeah. So you can shift to the certain gear based on the the moment and in these moments you have the space to have other choices other than one that was already pre-programmed or conditioned in you and you'd even realize that you were acting in this way based on these stimuli in the environment Mm -hmm. like stress and the more you make a decision the more that decision is going to get made in your brain it's like pouring water through uh sand eventually you're going to get to the grand canyon it's going to wear such a deep hole that if you want to change your reaction that's hard but you just have to be aware that i can change the way that's going i may have made this decision a hundred times this way but i'm going to go a different way today and that's always your choice and so many people give up so many choices because they don't they're just not aware they have them I mean, I've heard adults say, you know, I'm an adult. Of course, I hate my job. You don't have to. But they'd rather have the security and stability of that routine than try something else that might not work out. That's the crazy thing about um, pleasure and, like, suffering. Whereas, like, you cast so much pleasure that you become uh, immune to, uh, I guess, make suffering feel worse, yet you can have pleasure where um, yeah, I'm, it's, it's, I'm just blanking out right here again, brother. I was like thinking, it was so profound the moment I was thinking of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, you know, it it's it literally is like the Grand Canyon in the sense that you're so used to it that, for example, like people that take abuse, um, women that are in like bad relationships. Yeah, yeah, because it's in some ways it's it's more pleasurable to experience the abuse than to experience the suffering of of, of the unknown leaving that relationship. Well, that's, right? that's your brain again. Yeah, because these are the choices that it knows. It knows what's going to happen at the end of this. It it knows the outcome. So that knowing is more comfortable than maybe going out on your own and facing the discomfort of the unknown. It's not so much that they enjoy the abuse; it's the routine and the rep. It, it's repetition. The repeti- right? It's yeah, nefarious. Yeah, yeah. And their brain, even though they're in an, a terrible situation 
will still send out the chemicals when they try to leave that I don't know what's going to happen. And it still sends out that fear response. So it's your own mind working against you to try and keep you in a routine that it knows it's comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's interesting because um, it can be, uh, like there's not this good or bad aspect of like a routine, for example. Like there's... a routines where you you would want because it's, it's leading to more like success mm -hmm. but but sometimes like maybe someone who experiences so much success is actually missing uh failing in some weird way you know and they'll like they'll just find ways to do that in their life you know um either through self-sabotage or maybe self-harm or or and there's multiple things they can do to try and push that that feeling. Yeah, and people that are saying that they're addicted to, like, suffering leads to, uh, for example, like, the Protestant work ethic or something. Like, like there's this idea that the more you suffer, the more rewards you're going to get. But, you know, that's not, like, always true. Like, yeah. I think the biggest thing that I love about us is that we never look at one thing as again being the answer to everything like that's again someone if you hear someone say that or they say something that sounds like too good to be true in that way it's like and, and there's this sort of red light like going off in your emergency like ah, i don't know like in your system something just doesn't feel right even though it sounds amazing mm -hmm. um it, it comes down to like we don't really have any technique or method. It's it's literally whatever comes up. If you just have the tools to use either pleasure or suffering, you know, depend on like the the situation where if we're not like, oh, only go for uh you know, discipline all the time, right? It's like, no, there's a time where you don't wanna be disciplined. You wanna play. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Fun. Like just be freestyling. Be a kid. Yeah. Right. Just flowing and other mm -hmm. times like you actually do want to like grind and you know uh grit and work towards work that hard goal. yeah you know sweat bleed but make sure it's your goal yeah not someone else's goal you're working yeah. towards yeah yeah it's fascinating the uh the sensation of the difference between like happiness and like satisfaction right because it's like you could have like all the pleasures of the world and feel happy and buffered but there's a part of you that doesn't feel satisfied because like either you didn't like uh earn it or you know which is like another possible paradigm but there's there's some satisfaction of like actually like creating something out of your own like will mm -hmm. and grit and grind and even discipline and actually seeing something um, from its inception as a, an idea to materializing and like, into actual reality, you know? And, oh, I love that. Yeah, there's, there's, and then that whole process, right? Like, you, if something is just given to you, you don't like necessarily value it as much as like when you literally worked and earned it. It, it just feels more precious. The person that you become the evolution the you're the, more the grateful journey. yeah a lot of the times i mean i've met some people who've been given things that are pretty darn grateful for it yeah but a lot of the time it's i mean i've seen kids get given a car crash it and their parents buy them a new one and they crash that one 
So four cars later, they still haven't learned anything. Neither the parents nor the kids. But, hey, I mean, if you can afford to do that, good job on you. You must have good insurance. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. So, yeah, we got a few more minutes. Um, do you have to go to the bathroom, dude? I do. <laughs> go for it, man. Yeah. Um, I actually have to go, too. We but, uh, we could, we could. oh, no, that's totally cool, man. I've done this before with uh, other guests. Uh, yeah, it's an uh, interesting you know, uh, just these things that we are all going through in life. And uh, one reason why I love having this podcast is to have these sort of discussions. And it's it's amazing um, how many people are actually yearning for it and why I like podcasts are becoming more and more popular, especially the long uh, version conversations, because you can actually go deeper through topics and you know, it's just one of those things that I love uh, chatting with Chuck, you know, about all these deeper aspects of life. And, and uh, you know, it's a, a great circle of friends that I can actually do this with and that I love, like, sharing uh, the world with, you know, and, and, uh, and sharing them with the world. It's, uh, yeah. I'm pretty much at loss for this, man. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, wow. Hilarious. I'm just cracking up at my own self, dude. Um, yeah, hilarious. <laughs> Welcome back, dude. <laughs> oh, why, thank you. That was like the most uncomfortable, like, minute and a half ever. <laughs> Glad I could be of service. Uh, I lean into the uncomfortable. I, what's funny is uh, I really don't care, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> so how is uh, relieving yourself, man, physiologically? Oh, man. I, I have to say, of all the adult things, I have no idea why I wait to go to the restroom until it's really a pressing issue. <laughs> this is an argument I have with myself all the time. I'm like, why just go? Yep. You go. Yeah. But to answer your question, just fantastic. Yeah, well, I think well one is like you're on a podcast, so it's like out of respect, right? And uh not wanting to like inter uh abrupt the process. Mm -hmm. Yet this is what I love about like how we do it is that, you know, like anything goes, right? And and uh that's just like real, like how life is and Sometimes and I try to have like this podcast be that way, you know, just like <laughs> raw and real and unscripted. And sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. And other times, like we go in like super deep, you know, topics. And I think we did a little of both of that today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I think we ran out of things to say, dude. <laughs> uh, do you have anything that comes to mind that you want to leave uh, people with? Well, we, a, a lot of today has been about the narrative and the stories we tell ourselves. And one of the most beautiful things I heard in Poland is you're the director of your own story. You need to stop telling stories where you're not winning. 
and you're undeserving. And for whatever reason, um, you don't get to get the treasure at the end of the rainbow. And there may not be treasure at the end of the rainbow, but it never hurts to look. And people need to start telling stories about themselves where they win. And they're deserving and they're loved. Too many, too many bad storytellers. They, they, they really need to change their game and start telling stories where they kick ass. That's what I like to leave with. Tell better stories. Yeah, I think that's where um, experience comes in, right? Because I think at a certain point, people are tired of telling their own shitty stories to themselves, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And I, and I think that's with anything, you know, um, mm. this chance to hear sort of goof up and not know what to say and to... to um, Be okay with that. Yeah, be, be okay with that, right? That's been a huge uh, thing for me to change my own storytelling and... Uh, become a better like joke teller because I find that when I am I just myself like I'm even just surprised like how this even happens right like, <laughs> right like you you even surprise yourself with like like hearing people laugh and you're like wow like I didn't even do anything or, or contrive anything in the moment to like like make them laugh it was so spontaneous and mm-hmm. you know that's like when it's legit and then you try to reverse engineer or deconstruct that and and i think that's as with more experience with like let's say like exposure to the ice bath it just gets like easier and easier and 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 speaking to michael castro giovanni today about like kettlebell partner passing is when you realize that what 12 kilogram weight used to feel heavy and then you move to like a 24 kilo kilo and then it's like heavy but then you go yeah the 12 feels light but perspective yes perspective and relative like because your body actually grew and it it developed to the point where like for me now like a 24 kilogram weight which used to be like crazy heavy feels almost like as light as a 12 kilogram you know and now i go to 12 and it's like that's really light and so to be able to have these experiences where you you're growing and you're telling yourself a better story you're you're becoming a better storyteller by telling stories that were shitty yeah you know? see that's and, what, that's what i love about the ice is the ice is never easier the story i tell myself gets easier every time yeah that's like profound mind-blowing mic drop shit <laughs> right it's it's that kind of thing to be able to say that in that word order that creates an instant picture in one's head that they like get it you know like for me to be able to hear it said that way it's not the eyes that's getting easier it's the person uh it's the story that the person's telling himself in mm-hmm. the moment being in the ice is is being uh evolved to the point mm-hmm. where you're you go from like telling a story that this is the most horrible scary thing this and sucks this is god oh, this is gonna yeah, be yeah. awful to oh i can't wait oh i'm gonna take an ice bath it's gonna be amazing i'm gonna feel great i'm gonna get out and oh i'm gonna feel so good and then i see that reality i step into it i get out and oh it's amazing and and you're telling that story like mentally absolutely 
I mean, this is a whole other podcast yeah. with like what's possible in terms of, again, back to what Mas- uh, Michael Castro Giovanni was saying. And he's like, what was heavy, like in terms of uh, an iron metal weight now starts to feel like air. Mm-hmm. It's effortless. Like what the hell changed? Because the, the time, weight, the weight is the same. Yeah, the weight's the but same. But with time, physiologically, the the body, the nerve, the brain, the muscles, the biochemical, they electrical adapt. process is adapted. So the perception of that weight is relative, and it's like if that's possible with like heavy weight. Yeah, with an, with the with the empirical ball of iron. Yeah, that ball of iron weighs the exact same no matter what. Yeah, and then the ice. Mm-hmm. It's like, what else can I do in my own life, which seems like insurmountable in the moment, can be achieved just through like micro progression, incremental practice. Yeah, crazy man. Boom to that. Huh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, man, thank you so much for coming on at Hangry and Horny. My absolute pleasure. Uh, again, where can people find you, uh, your website? My website's icedvikingbreathworks.com. Um, I'm on the Wim Hof Method.com page as well. You can just look me up, Chuck McGee the Third. Um, contact me. I like to do workshops all over the place, and I don't have any scheduled upcoming soon but they're in the works awesome man and uh any parting words before we cut it yeah uh be nice to yourself really just give yourself a little extra slack it's it's not not you in particular but everybody just tell yourself a nice story you deserve to rest you deserve success and you deserve to be happy trying to achieve all those things and go for it chuck thank you brother my pleasure all right peace everybody thank you everyone for listening to this last episode of hangry and horny with my awesome and funny guest chuck mcgee the third super super excited for what he's sharing in the world i've learned a lot from him including how to be funny and uh which is hilarious because you can't just try to be funny you just either are or you're not um of course you can develop it but anyways i just got off tangent chair thank you everybody again if you're interested you know check out chuck at icevikingbreathworks.com and uh look into any of the workshops that he's hosting also want to give a shout out again to my sponsors, dropandfbomb.com. If you're interested in getting an awesome snack that doesn't bog you down or, you know, even a light meal, check out their nut butters at dropandfbomb.com. They're all macadamia based. They also have this yummy cheese chip product called Keto Crunch. I love all the crunchy K's in there and C's. And, um... Yeah, use the promo code FLOWREAL, F-L-O-W-R-E-A-L, and I'll get you 20% off of your first order. Also, if you guys want to learn more about what I do, check out magicflowbus.com. Here we teach all these principles that I learned from my guests on Hangry and Horny. 
even uh, share from my own personal experiences throughout life. And essentially, we're basically teaching people, including family and children, you know, all the things that we wish we were taught in school. And uh, that includes basically, well, ultimately, and essentially, <laughs> like how to live an awesome life, you know, that we deserve because it is a precious life. And we never know when we're going to go. So check out magicflowbus.com. Look at all the cool events, uh, even some of the past recordings of guests. And, uh, you know, join our mailing list. And uh, hope to see you at one of our events, which we're having a big one in Ireland on September 20th through the 22nd. And uh, it's going to be so fun. Our first three-day event is going to have big names like... Patrick McEwen, the author of The Oxygen Advantage and uh, a transformative uh, leader like Pat Divoli, also a jiu-jitsu master, I would say. Of course, he would be humble and wouldn't say that. But yeah, we're we're adding more guests to the lineup. So check out again magicflowbus.com and... uh, Look forward to seeing you at one of our events. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And uh, go out there. Be wild, wacky, and weird. And uh, hope to meet you one day. Peace out and see you on the next episode of Hangry and Horny. Late!